Rosanna, and this is AFL Obsessed. How are you? We have so much to discuss about everything that's been happening. I honestly don't even know where to begin. It's been a really chaotic and hectic last few weeks on my end. But first, before we get to all of that, I'm back in NYC. It's been the wildest, craziest, most unforgettable adventure, I would say, to live kind of nomadically out of suitcases and a time in my life that I wouldn't trade for anything and in the world and I would happily do it all over again. So Andrew and I were initially going to leave only for a few and we kind of ended up being gone for quite some time, more by default than by design. So what I mean by that is just that we meant to leave for a couple of months max, and it turned into this almost eight-month adventure during the pandemic where we just spent as much time as we could outdoors and with more space. So we went to Colorado and Arizona, and we actually lived in Utah, Wyoming, Idaho, Oregon, and California, and finally in Nevada with just the last few states in really quick succession instead of the month-long kind of plus days. For the last few weekends, we've just been on the move, and we weren't out visiting friends or anything. We were just kind of trying to focus on our health and our mental health, which is so important. And I guess some of the highlights would be that we went to see a whole bunch of national parks. I know I've kind of mentioned it before, but we went to see the Grand Canyon. We went to Zion National Park. We went to Crater Lake and Yosemite. It was just really fun showing Andrew, honestly, how beautiful our country is. And it felt a lot like my childhood because I spent so much time in national parks growing up. And I'll definitely be including a lot of the photos in the second AFL Playbill issue, which will be out on the 30th. So if any of you are interested and you want to see what we've been up to, definitely hit me up on Twitter or email me and I'll send you out just a little Playbill. So if anyone's wondering where we've been, that's just kind of what's been happening on this end. And now that we're back, things have been a little chaotic too, but we've genuinely had exceptional experiences, I would have to say. And we used Airbnb for the entirety of our trip. And they were pretty great until we were coming back. And we also booked through them for just an initial stay back here while we hunt for another lease. And that's kind of where we had a pretty horrendous experience. So honestly, if you've had any kind of a dispute with Airbnb, I would just love to know how you handled it and maybe how it was resolved. Just any stories along those lines would really help me at this moment in time. And I'll be sharing mine as well, hopefully, in a future episode. Um, we won't get into all of that now because I know that we're here to talk about footy, but AFL Footy Obsessed at Gmail and AFL Obsessed on Twitter if you would like to share. And I'm always here to chat. On a brighter note, Andrew and I got our first vaccine shot when we got back and we will be getting the second one next weekend. So that means now that everyone in my immediate family has had one or both shots. 
So there's definitely a somewhat sense of relief, I would say, and probably more hope (laughs) that we can all experience life kind of as it was in the before all of this. So I'm just really excited to be back. The buzz in the city is electric and I can't wait to do all the things like just go on a date or go see a sporting event. I'm just really excited to get back out there and kind of, I know it's a new normal, but just be able to enjoy all the things that we love about New York City. But now let's get to footy and on to act one with AFL news and highlights. So the last couple of rounds was honestly everything you want in footy and just the best kind of games. But my tips are all over the place and just all across the board just because of how exciting everything has played out. I mean, I would not have guessed at the start of the season that the Bulldogs and the Ds would be undefeated to this point, and even the Swans too, until the last round. I know it's hardly a hot take, but I do feel like the Doggies and the Swans are making the eight. Some of the biggest news though, Melbourne has appointed their new female president, Kate Roffey, who was one of the two club vice presidents, and she's been serving on their board since 2013, and she will take over for Glenn Bartlett. There's been some talk of kind of some behind the scenes issues with the club and Simon Goodwin, their coach, kind of in the hot seat and Bartlett's outward criticism of the team. I'm sure you all remember after a rough game last year and the club's inability also to secure a new facility and training base. So hopefully all that will change. Um, Certainly, I feel like their game style has improved immensely on the field. So there's just a lot of strength, I think, to see in the demons this year and I hope that that kind of plays out behind the scenes too and off the field. Gary Ablett Jr. too, there's rumors that Gaz could be coming out of retirement with the midseason draft. So I know there was an interview recently where Gaz says that he's actually open to coming out of retirement and he revealed that he spoke to the Cats list management official during the preseason. So I think unfortunately for Gaz, just the league rules state that I think a player who's retired from the AFL has to be off a list for at least 12 months before they can be selected in a midseason rookie draft or preseason like supplemental selection period. So I think a key clause determinant would have to change in order for a return to happen. But I know we'd all love to see it. And I know there's mixed feelings from past pros about whether or not that would be like a good thing or the wrong move to kind of give Gaz a spot on the list. I mean, Gary Apple Jr. was playing at all Australian level in 2019. And last year, I think it was clear to all of us, he would have, you know, absolutely earned another contract if he'd wanted to play on. So I think that a lot of the pros are thinking, Yes, it is tempting, and that would be a wonderful addition and a great highlight of the game and season if he were to come. But also, you know, that's an opportunity for a player that's kind of done everything right up until that point. And to have someone else kind of come in for four or five games, that just seems like it would be kind of rough because it would push someone else off. And the AFLW had their grand final. So congrats to the Brisbane Lions team for their first premiership win. If you haven't watched the game, I highly recommend it. For my American counterparts, if you have access to watch AFL, 
honestly, I can't even describe like how astounding the goals really were and the individual performances and contributions. There were so many heart-stopping bounces towards goal that it was just so incredibly exciting. And I don't know if it's just one of those things where I forget that I'm, you know, watching AFLW. I just think I'm watching elite athletes. And Stevie Lee Johnson played her 41st game, which is a league record. So major props to her and applause. And Lauren Arnell played her 36th and final game. So the win was especially sweet, I think, for her and the team. And Craig Starcevich, too, the former player and Lions coach. I think we all know his nephew, Brandon, plays for the Brisbane Lions. But yeah, just exhilarating goals a lot of which were determined by bounces and just a really clean and skillful game. So definitely get around that if you haven't checked it out. And Collingwood just appointed their new president and successor to Eddie McGuire. They have actually appointed their longtime VP, Mark Corda. And just some moments from the weekend. The Bulldogs are now at 5-0 to zero for the first time, like 5-0 and oh in terms of wins, which is amazing, and it's the first time that they've done that since 1946. And the Swans had their first loss of the season, but I know they'll bounce back. I don't know if you caught the Brisbane versus Essendon game, but it was just a game I feel like was played in the wetlands or just in a swampy marsh. Um, I have never seen that kind of puddle. And I know they've played in what I've considered to be a monsoon before, but the entire time I was just praying that there wouldn't be any injuries because we actually debuted our remaining rookie, Zach Reed, from the draft. So I don't know if that was the most exciting um, debut game for him. And North has yet to win a game. So I think... It is really difficult to kind of build, um, and I know we've been there. I think people still consider that we're there, but it's kind of hard to build from the bottom. So it'll be really interesting to see in the coming weeks what will happen with their list and also their team and their players. Dangerfield actually had a collision in that game with Kyron Hayden, and it was only Dangerfield's second game of the season for the Cats. And he'll now be potentially missing multiple weeks um, and potentially months. I think initially it didn't look too serious. And, you know, the players are notorious for playing injured. But after further scans, he actually just went in for surgery for syndesmosis. So all the best to him. And hopefully he'll be back before we know it. But what did you guys think about the games? I'm really curious. My email is aflfootyobsessed at gmail and aflobsessed on Twitter if you'd like to chat. Okay, it's intermission. So quickly during this time, let's just cut away to other sports. And, you know, I brought this up with my producer, Josh. We've kind of just been having a little discussion, but there's been some major sports news. And it might be potentially the biggest sports story in my lifetime. I don't know if you guys have been following it. So there's been a discussion about the this European Super League, basically where like the soccer teams that are part of soccer teams that are part of this, the European League are breaking away essentially to create their own Super League, basically. And I think there's maybe 12, soon to be 15 teams somewhere along those lines. And 
Part of the push, I think, is just that American billionaires are involved and they have stakes in these leagues. And so they're kind of pushing this breakaway so that they can create this new league where, from my understanding, instead of like their performance dictating their revenue, they kind of can have just more guaranteed money you know, whether or not they're actually good, which is kind of crazy if you think about it, because the whole point of a sport is to excel and be on top and maybe be the best that you can be in the sport. Um, So I, I do think it's interesting that is what's happening and what's fueling it really is American billionaires. So again, just the teams that have the most popularity, not necessarily the best teams, will be always playing each other. And the sad part is that, you know, the soccer fans are kind of getting mixed up in this. And they're also kind of penalizing players because I think the European Soccer Union came out and said that you will not be eligible for the World Cup if any player decides to be a part of this and to be involved. So, Honestly, it's just something that I have not even conceived of like that could happen. I think my mind is still kind of blown and I don't have the words to really explain how much of a brain bang this is. Like, you know, and I apologize as an American for always ruining things because just getting involved like this and kind of blowing up a sport, I feel like they've just dumped a grenade or just a whole minefield into the sport and completely upended it. And it's a sport that a lot of people love. So I really, thankfully, I you know, I hope this doesn't happen to the AFL down the line, but especially from the way that the AFL is structured, from what I've seen, I think the essence is like what actually drives the club is the supporters and the members. So hopefully this can't and won't happen. Um, and, you know, that billionaires, again, can't come in and upend a sport that you love just purely for a money grab, which is, again, so insane. But um, just from my perspective of being an international member and kind of all the things that that entails and the different tiers of membership, I don't know if you guys um, have checked out the Peggy interview I did, but you know, she talked about how she was initially just a fan and a supporter of Richmond. And it's so unique. I haven't found this in any other sport beyond the AFL. But I think what really makes it so special and different is the fact that the connection with their fans is so definitive. And it's just such a powerful fan connection that really, you know, ultimately you can become president because that's what Peggy did after kind of rising up in tiers of membership. And also Kylie Watson-Wheeler, too, as the Bulldogs president. She was a lifelong Bulldogs supporter. So, I mean, I love being an Essendon member. I love having access to watch AFL at the same time. And I know that some of my friends in Australia have talked about the fact that I actually get to see more games than they do with the program that I have access to because they're able to see what is live and on air, but they don't necessarily have access to all the games because sometimes games play at the same time, as you guys know. So, you know, I can actually watch all of that, all of the AFLW games as well, all of the TV programs that are on Fox footy. So I get to really, I don't have to go on YouTube and try to find segments. I get to watch the entire thing, 
without interruption too, after the games are cut and whatnot, they'll go back and just edit out all the commercials. So it's just a really great thing. And I just really hope that, you know, down the line, as I said, when Americans get more involved, that this won't happen to my beloved sport, the AFL. And yeah, I would just really love to know what you guys think about this because it is such major news and it's so hard for me to articulate, but definitely hit me with your thoughts because I want to know kind of how you're absorbing the information. I think I have to talk about this a little bit more with Andrew, but yeah, it's just major news and I'm really interested to see like what will develop as a result. So now we're on to act two where we have discussions about relevant footy topics because you know, there's always so many footy topics to discuss. And I want to talk about CTE. And the reason why I want to talk about it is recently an NFL player, I don't know if you guys have been following the story, unfortunately killed multiple people and then himself. And they are now checking, following the murders to see if he has CTE. And In the NFL, there have been other players in recent years who have killed themselves or hurt others years, like after they've retired. And it's just kind of a big deal here and a pretty big topic of discussion that they found out that all of those NFL players that I was just referring to definitively had CTE. So if you haven't heard of the film, Um, in the movie Concussion, which was a 2015 film with Will Smith, playing the doctor who actually discovered this brain disease and who actually coined the term. I think it kind of is a really great film to watch about what happened, but also it really afterwards, in the aftermath, kind of spawned this whole discussion about the NFL And what actually came to light was that they had been for years studying CTE, but they had actually been actively covering up the limited knowledge that they had. And they were aware, but actually not being transparent or, you know, sharing the knowledge, which is really interesting um, for obviously so many reasons. I feel like that's something we can get into another time, but especially for something like that to happen in such a high contact sport. I really feel like with such high contact and collision sports, you know, that's something that I wonder, you know, how the AFL is handling it. And it really makes me think about how CTE is like studied and what the discussions are around that. So as for what CTE is, I mean, I had to look it up myself because I know that I kind of throw that term around, but I didn't know what the acronym actually was for. And it's actually for chronic traumatic encephalopathy. <laughs> I don't know if I said that right. And basically it's a severe degenerative disease of the brain that is found in people with a history of repetitive trauma to the brain, typically concussions. And it is found in athletes in high collision and contact sports. And I think a lot of the time the symptoms too can kind of, because they're so varied, be attributed to other things. And I do think that it does get misdiagnosed. So, you know, this there is the potential that this has happened within 
the sports that we all watch and love. And I wonder how long that's been the case. But sometimes it is attributed to the aging process or other things like Alzheimer's. But all that said, more importantly, oh, I'm sorry for some of the symptoms too, are loss of short-term memory and changes in mood, like frequent mood swings or depression. And all that said, more importantly, CTE is not reversible and it's not curable. So I think that's why there's so much discussion, at least on the NFL side, around protection of the head and duty of care, I feel like, in the AFL when it comes to concussion protocols. You know, we have all those concussion subs that they're using as a medical sub specifically for this season. And I know that there are some pieces of technology, I think the mouth guard technology that front bar has talked about, but that I've kind of been researching where hopefully they'll be able to sense whether or not someone has a concussion on impact. And I think that's something that the AFL is looking to adopt as a a piece of equipment that they use for the sport. I also know that the CTE brain bank in Sydney actually is housing, I think around 20 brains of athletes right now because unfortunately for CTE, you can only diagnose that in the deceased. So I guess my hope is really now that we are more aware of something that could affect a sport that we all love and that we all care about. And I just want to be clear, I'm not trying to discourage anyone from playing or from, you know, not doing that just because of a fear of maybe the existence of CTE. I don't want to like dissuade anyone. And I definitely don't want that element of high contact and collision to be eliminated from the AFL. It's a part I really genuinely love about the sport, Um, which I don't know what that says about me, that the brutality is the part that I really enjoy. So I'm not trying to, you know, say that I think that that needs to go away entirely. But I do think that anyone playing really should have access to that knowledge and be armed with the knowledge about the risks because it is dangerous. And I think all athletes should just be aware of all of the risks that could happen, you know, for their health and how that informs their playing career. (laughs) Okay, so for this next topic, don't judge, but I have had this really almost like silly question that I've had for some time now. And I have to admit, I never thought that Jordan Degoe would be the one to kind of deliver the answer to me in a million years. And Jeremy Howe, like two Collingwood players, would be the ones who would kind of flag the answer down for me. So this story came across like my timeline last weekend during the games that just answered the silly question Again, don't judge. I'm the type of person who just honestly wonders where the players put their phones during games because I've never seen one on a game day in a player's hand. And my cell phone is not permanently attached to my hand. Obviously, it can't come in the shower with me. But, you know, it's something that I have on me for the most part all the time. So naturally, I've wondered, you know, are there any rules around that? Are they allowed to or maybe they're not allowed to have their phone? And that's why I just never see it. But there would be parts of games I feel like I would want to capture, like as soon as, 
you know, a game is over and your team is singing the theme song. That would be like a part where I would go out of my way to get my phone. Even if I almost didn't have time, I'd have like maybe 10 seconds or something. I know I would just run to grab it. So I know you're all probably just thinking, Rosanna, it's like just in their locker. Don't worry about it. Congrats on having a normal life if you don't think the way that I do. But it was really funny to just see Jordan Degoe during a match in the locker room with a towel on and his cell phone in his hand. And I just was so like, wow, someone's actually going to finally tell me the answer to this question. And what I've realized is they actually are all kept in a lockbox and they don't have access to it on match day. There's just a few people that are designated that are allowed to have their phone just in the case of emergency if you need to call a parent or a family member. So that was just something that I thought was hilarious that the universe of the AFL delivered to my doorstep. Um, and hopefully all future questions will be answered this way. I have a list. I'm actually going to bust that out in the next episode. Maybe we can go over these things and maybe you guys can tell me the answer. But I just thought that was like a hilarious way to learn that you don't have access to those. And maybe in the future, more of these incidents will happen where something, you know, like I said, I'll know once it happens, how we handle it and what actually goes on. But thanks for not judging, guys. <laughs> and now it's the after show. And my tips for round six, I just kind of wanted to quickly go through the games. And as I said, my tips are all over the place. So I'll just run through this list. Um, Giants versus Bulldogs. I'm going with the doggies. Cats versus Eagles. This is going to be an interesting one. Jeremy Cameron's going to be back. So I think I, I'm i going to go Eagles on this one. I know it might be a controversial decision. Suns versus Sydney. I'm going Swans. I think they're going to have a comeback after their first loss of the season last weekend. And in the Blues versus Lions, I'm going to go with the Lions here. Um, hope no one's mad <laughs> if I'm not picking your team. And the D's versus Tigers, I just have to say, I think that's going to be a really good game to watch. And again, it could go either way. I think I'm going to just have to go with the Tigers on this. But D's, I mean, hopefully you can keep your streak with your wins. And Dockers versus Kangaroos, I'm going to go with the Dockers on this one. Hawks versus Crows, gosh, this is getting like harder. Um... I'm going to go with Adelaide for that game and the big Anzac Day game, which I know you guys know I love so much and always makes me think of the time that I went in 2019. Come on, Essendon, you can do this. I have my faith in you. Um, you can take this game. And in the power versus Saints, I'm going to go with the power. So that's it for me, guys. Thanks again for listening and rating and subscribing and also for writing because for anyone that has, you know that I always respond and I do get to every message um, and I just love reading all of your reviews. So on Apple and other platforms, they just really make my day. But thanks for hanging around for the show, guys. Stay safe and healthy. Check on your friends and neighbors. We'll get through this like footy. I'm virtually hugging you and we'll talk footy soon.